G'day, welcome to On The Road, the number one Australian trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're an independent voice in Australian trucking and proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. G'day, welcome to show number 154, a bit of an abbreviated show for you this week. Old mate Bob McMillan's unwell, so he wasn't able to join us for the Something to Talk About segment. We've got Andy in, of course, with Glenn Harrison from Kaolin's Rain. A bit of an interview with them about uh, their comeback to the music scene and a couple of tracks. Of course, we've got the news. But what we'll do first, we'll just roll into the show with uh, probably a Something to Talk About from me. I, as I've said several times I am more than willing to let anyone come on the show and have their say I don't care what you think just as long as you do that's the issue now I received a phone call from someone who listens to the show earlier in the week and had a bit to say about the content of uh, one of the previous shows the content of the conversation between Bob and myself when we talked about what the ATA was doing. Now, he was critical of what I had to say simply because I was agreeing with the ATA. The ATA was saying something that Bob and I have been saying for a while. And if you go back and have a listen to that show, you'll hear Bob and I say, gee, it looks like the ATA's been reading our email. Now, I am going to agree with anyone when they agree with what I'm saying. Just because I agree with the ATA on some, on one issue doesn't mean that I agree with the ATA or any other group on every other issue. I am a member of the National Road Freighters Association. I've made no secret of that. But I'm not on the board and I don't hold a position of any particular influence other than the fact that I'm willing to state my piece on any subject I'm asked about within the transport industry. Now, usually I can come up with some sort of a a thought-out piece on just about anything because I live transport. I spend my life driving and working and looking at things within transport. Now, you may not agree with me, and that's fine. That doesn't bother me. Whether you agree with me or not, that's fine. It doesn't bother me that you don't, you know, have a different opinion. It doesn't bother me. Um, I don't care if, if you're if you're wrong. You can be wrong. <laughs> no, that's a little bit, little bit out there. No, as long as you're thinking about what what it is and you've reached a position on something that you're comfortable with, then that's okay. The idea of it is that we think about things, we talk about things, we discuss ideas, and we go backwards and forwards. Now. Coming to the substance of the phone call that I got the other day, now I'm not going to name the guy that rang me up. That would be wrong. Um, having said that, I did say to him at the end of it, I was sick of the phone call and it was time to finish because we were never going to see eye to eye on it. Right? Never going to see eye to eye on it. But he was having a go at me about the fact that there's other people involved in the changes that are going to be coming forward in the transport industry and that... I was simply drinking the ATA's Kool-Aid, he said. No way were I drinking the ATA's Kool-Aid. I was agreeing with them when they were agreeing with me. Now, I have said in the past, I have caned the ATA and other groups 
mercilessly in the past. I have caned the ATA for running dead on issues. And by that I mean remaining silent about things. I have caned the National Road Freighters Association for exactly the same thing. I cannot understand for the life of me why some of these groups can't get out there and state their position on transport-related things. I also can't understand why some of these people who are supposed to be thinking about these things can be so horribly wrong about it. You know, saying that the uh, fuel excise uh, coming back, the... uh, the rebate coming back for the fuel excise was a good idea. No, it wasn't. It cost every operator another five cents. You'd been through the pain of getting rid of it, right? And yet, bleak like children to get it back. And then when it get when you get it back, you're five cents a kilometre. Uh, sorry, five cents a litre worse worse off. And everyone's going, "Wow, that's fantastic! Woo, yay, great!" Wrong, 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 wrong. And no one said anything about it. And anyone with a functioning brain could see that you're going to be worse off. But no. And these are the things that frustrate me. You'll end up with people saying things to go along with the pack or saying nothing if they don't think that the pack's going to go along with them. We've got to change that model. Now, I know for a fact there have been people getting together in rooms in this country who have never been getting together in rooms on the same subject ever, right? People have been marshalled into the idea, or marshalled into the idea is probably the wrong way to put it. They've been encouraged to get in the rooms and discuss the problems that we all have, and no one can say that we don't have problems because we bloody well do. Huge problems in this industry in some places. And people are now deciding that they need to be fixed. Now... The ATA, as far as I'm aware, hasn't been in that room. I don't know whether they were invited to be in the room or not, but as far as I know, they haven't been in the room. I know that the meeting's happened. I know that there have been people talking about it because I know people who were there and I can't name them and I can't talk about it. And this is the lack of transparency thing that Bob's been going on about, right? We know that these things are happening. We know that they're happening through the network of people that we know in the industry. People say, oh, yeah, this has been happening. Yeah, we know it's been happening. The lack of transparency is one of the things that really sort of irritates Bob. It irritates me a little bit too. And we can't talk about it. And I'll go and have gone to people that I know should know about these things. And I say, hey, mate, what's going on? Can we have a talk about it? And they say, oh, no, we've, look, we don't want, to, don't want to talk about things. We don't want to preempt anything. We don't want to upset the apple cart. We've got a, you know, we've got a bunch of personalities in a room together. It can be a little bit fragile. And if someone gets the wrong idea, it might derail it all and we'll be back at square one. And I get it, right? You don't want to derail these things. That Now that some positive things are starting to happen, you don't want to derail them. Well, the ATA is sort of doing an end run, which is you know, fair, fairly what they do. They're doing a bit of an end run. And they're coming around and they're saying what they think's going on in that room. They're trying to get out in front of it. And when... Whatever it is that comes out of that room, the ATA has got to say, well, look at that. We've been saying that for months. We're in print, right? And that's the way they play. That's the politicking and the spin doctoring that goes on in this industry. It's all the sort of things that I can't stand about the way the upper echelons of the industry work, the peak bodies, so to speak, right? And then you've got other people saying absolutely nothing, right? I would love it. 
I would love it if some of these CEOs of these uh, transport bodies could all get in the same room for five minutes and voice their opinions about things, what they really think, what their constituents really think. That would be nice too. If you think that the ATA represents drivers, you're wrong, right? You are wrong. If you think that Nat Road represents drivers, you are wrong. They represent their constituents. Have a look at their web pages. See who supports them and donates them. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't do that because they absolutely should. Wildly amusing to me, these convoys that happened the other week, uh, all the people that were there supporting these convoys, these are the very people that are the reason why the, the transport industry is in the parlous state that it's in, right? They could fix things if they wanted to. They could fix the rates. They could fix the payment periods. They could lean on the various governments, state governments, and sort the regulations out so that people could have places to park. They could do all these sort of things, but they don't because they serve their own interests. Their own interests are those of the shareholders. Their own interests are those of what it is that covers their little patch. They don't care about anyone else. As I've said over and over and over and over again, there is a hierarchy of what goes on. There are those of us who are easier to get. The drivers at the coalface that are doing the work are the targets all the time because they're the ones that the police can interact with. Everyone's got their own little own little slice and their own little you know, area of influence that they deal in. No one wants to take that magical bite of that shit sandwich that I always talk about. You know, the reality of it is that these things have to come to pass. So, getting back to this phone call that I got, understand that I do know what the politics are that's going on, but I can only go with what I know, right? I can only go with what I've been told and I can only go with what I'm allowed to talk about now. Having said that, no one tells me what to talk about. And that's why I was pissed off about this phone call. I don't want to be told what I can and can't talk about. I've had this argument before with people. Come on the show and have a chat. If you want to have a go at me, come on the show and do it on the show. You'll get your say. I won't even edit it, right? I'll leave in all the ums, ahs, burps, farts and everything, right? But have the balls to say it so that other people can hear what you're saying, right? I will put on the show what I've got to go with and what I know and what I believe to be true. If I don't know about it, then I can't talk about it. If I only suspect it, I really can't talk about it. I can say that I suspect that so-and-so is happening, right? And, you know, I often do. I'll often say that, but I won't talk about it as being fact. I suspect that there are people getting in a room, sorting out this legislation. It will come to pass in this term of government, and we will know what it is. Right? The reason why I suspect that is because I've been told by Senator Stirl that that's exactly what's happening. So I can say I suspect it. It'll happen. Do I understand that it might go off the rails if the wrong bits of information get out in the wrong way? Absolutely, I'd understand that. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't gone up, off half-cocked and been talking about what they're doing. Do I know what the ATA has actually said? Yes, I do. And the reason why I do is because it's in print. Do I know that the ATA are a political animal and will try and do an end run and make this look as good for them as they possibly can? Absolutely they will because that's how they roll. We all know that. So for God's sake, don't think I'm naive. 
and to the bloke who rang me and the people he reckons uh, that G'd him up to do it, you all know my phone number. All right? 0418 Ring it yourself. That's about all I've got to say about that. Let's get on with this interview from Andy and uh, Glenn Harrison from Kalen's Rain and uh, return a little bit of sanity to the show. Have a good one, stay safe, and we'll see you on the road. Life can be tough, and these last few years have shown that sometimes a little extra help can go a long way. Health and Gear is brought to you by the OzHelp Foundation. We're here to support drivers and workers in the transport and logistics industry, bringing you roadside health checks and free support and counselling for workers and their families through the 24-7 phone line 1-800-IN-GEAR. You don't have to face the road ahead alone. Health and Gear is here for the long haul, supporting your mental health and preventing suicide across Australia. Check out healthandgear.com.au G'day Andy here with another instalment of our series Spotlighting Aussie Music Artists. This week we introduce you to a great Aussie band who've just released their first new music since taking an extended break from the music scene. Kalen's Reign was formed back in 2010 by siblings Glenn and Kaylee who went on to record two studio albums, earned two nominations for Golden Guitar Awards, appeared at lots of festivals around the country and represented Australia at the CMA Fest Global Artist Showcase in Nashville in 2014. Fast forward six or seven years after taking a well-earned hiatus to support their growing families, and during the pandemic they began working on some new material. After joining forces with Kaylee's husband Joel, the band was reinvented and reinvigorated knowing that they still had a lot more to give. Their new single, One Song Brings You Back, celebrates the nostalgia gifted in music and, as Kaylee explains, after a long break this song has brought back to us what we love doing and made us remember why we love music so much. It's a powerful thing that can spark memories and evoke all kinds of feelings in everyone. Joining us to chat about the band past and present and to introduce their new single for us, from the reborn Kalen's Reign, it's Mr. Glenn Harrison. Glenn, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us on the road, mate. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Buddy, two very successful studio albums, multiple chart-topping singles and performances at festivals here and in the US, Kalen's reign was on a roll. What brought about the decision to hang up the boots for a while? Oh, look, yeah, like you say, we did have a lot of momentum and in the early days, I guess you could call it now. You know, we didn't really plan on having such a long break. I think it's always been our intention to record some new music, but I guess, you know, growing up, you know, we started this quite young in our late teens, early 20s, and we all sort of hit our 30s, and life kind of catches up. Yeah. We get married, and oh, I think the big thing is we've got three kids between us now, so that's taken a huge chunk of time raising those guys and getting to spend quality time with them as well. Yep. So I think that's probably, you know, a fair uh, reason why we sort of let the other slide a little bit, but we've certainly been busy in the meantime. Yeah, for sure. Well, it seems that the pandemic era facilitated the beginning of a lot of creative background work for loads of artists and bands. That was clearly the case for you, Kaylee and Joel as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. It had a great effect on us. I know for a fact it definitely added a couple of years on to the time away from releasing anything new. 
we were actually booked into the studio the week that everything sort of shut down and locked down. Oh, great. Yeah, I know. It was a very bad timing, but yeah, unfortunately, you know, that it happened. We got through it and we're back now. Good to hear. Well, have you found that much has changed in the music industry during the band's breakaway, or has it been a reasonably seamless reintroduction to the scene for you guys? I think for us, it has been a reintroduction. I think the game has changed a lot since we first started. Sure. We had to relearn a lot of things as well. I think we got in just as the social media side of things was taking off. Now these days, it's everything. So we've had to, I guess, get up to speed with all of that as well, which has been, you know, fun to learn, I guess, and frustrating as well. But, you know, it's just part and parcel these days as well. So, yeah, I think it's changed and it's going to continue to change year after year, I think so. Keeping up is half the fun. Yeah. And originally it was just you and Kaylee, wasn't it? And so Joel's become sort of a full-time member of the band in this time as well. That's right, yeah. Joel's been a member of our touring lineup and our full band for quite a while. And obviously Kaylee and Joel got married and we've always been a family band and it just made sense to bring him to the front line, as it were. Yeah. He's a great asset to have and, yeah, he just blends in just, you know, so beautifully with the sound and we've managed to really keep that sound, which is important for us as well and just enhance it ever so subtly even. Yeah. Mm. Well, as I mentioned to you offline before we came on, the harmonies are spectacular. Thank you. I was trying to think back to someone that I could compare the harmonies to and I couldn't think of anyone. They're clearly the best harmonies that I've heard in a long, long time. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Love it. Now, let's get on to the new single, One Song Brings You Back. A very fitting title under the circumstances. <laughs> it's kind of funny that that's the song that we come back on now. This song, it's been in our laps for quite a number of years and we've been playing it live for quite a number of years as well, but we've never had the chance to do anything with it other than play it live. So when we got the opportunity to finally get into the studio and lay it down, it was a no-brainer for us. We absolutely love the song and it's such a relatable song and message. So it's real positive. It's everything, you know, Kalen's Rain is about. And it was part and parcel of us getting back into the original music scene as well. And it's, what do they call it these days? It's an absolute earworm. (laughs) It gets in there and you can't get it out of your head. I've been walking around the house singing it since I heard it. And my wife said to me the other day, great song. Do you know any other ones? <laughs> so, so once you hear it, you're going to have it stuck in your head. Sing along, go for it. That's right. That's what we like. <laughs> I read that you were originally going to film a live recording of the song for the video, but then decided on a completely different approach to it involving a vintage Ford F-150, love them its owner and his granddaughter with a great storyline behind it. How did that all come about, mate? Yeah, I was under the impression, that's right, on the day that we were going to shoot the little live Facebook social media thing, you know, because that's what we do these days. Hmm. Again, all new to us. (laughs) And we had this idea, we just also had to take some photos of it. You know, we had a lovely location just down the road overlooking a beach. Yeah. And we went looking for a vintage ute or truck. Hmm. And this one came along just through some friends of friends through social media. And yeah, it was a beautiful look thing if you get you see any of the photos and videos oh yeah we definitely made the most of it with the promotion yeah the gentleman that owned it gary and his daughter we asked them if they wanted to become involved in the video clip and they gladly obliged and there was quite an emotional cool story to that as well yeah yeah share the story if you got a minute Oh, definitely share the story. So basically, we had the idea, the concept of the video was a granddaughter and granddad reminiscing about the loss of a grandmother, basically. Okay. And we came up with this uh, scenario in the morning sort of briefing as to what we were going to shoot. Yep. When we realized we were actually going to shoot a video, mind you, again, let's be clear, 
we weren't even meant to be shooting a music video that day. That wasn't the plan, yeah. We just thought on a whim, oh, okay, we would ask Gary if he would like to play the part in the video. And luckily for us, he, he said, yeah, sure, that would be great. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We then told him the story, what we wanted him to do, and he's like, oh, okay. And he shot back at us and said, that's really, really close to home. I actually lost my wife five weeks prior to that. Oh, man. Which was absolutely, you know, yeah. it hit us for six, as it were. Yeah. We were like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Naturally, it's okay if you don't want to do this. We totally understand. Yeah. But he was absolutely so keen. He said, no, I would absolutely love to. And the whole thing basically became a celebration of his late wife's passing in her life. Yeah. So if you get a chance to see the video and the scenes that they filmed, like I remember watching the first cut of it back because we didn't get to see a lot of the scenes that they filmed on location. And so the first viewing that we saw of the video, we were in tears as to what they did. Yeah. Just knowing that background of that story, I still get choked up thinking about it. It's just a serendipitous moment in time where things were just sort of meant to be, you know? Yeah. So yeah, if you get a chance to see it and you know the backstory, it really gets you in the feels, that's for sure. Oh, mate, it certainly does. And, and I expect it probably was quite a cathartic experience for him as well. But in this day and age where so much of the videos and things are really contrived, oh. it comes across as just so genuine. And obviously there's no acting involved. It's real. Exactly. And he's got now a lifelong memento as well, obviously, to remember his wife by as well, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, we're great friends now because of that as well. And they come to all our shows and are big supporters of us as well. So it was great to give something back in that way as well. Oh, I love it when that sort of stuff comes together. Yeah. Well, Glenn, just moving on a bit, we're well into the second half of the year now. What does the band have planned for the rest of 2023? Yeah, look, we just want to get out there and play more. Mm. Play the old stuff, play some new stuff, just get back out on the road, really. That's the main thing. We've missed getting out on the road and seeing all the places we used to get out and go and see. And yeah. so we're going to be pushing that hard late into this year and into next year. You know, who knows? We've got a couple more songs under our belt, so we're just going to come up with a plan of attack, as it were, and go from there. Yep, great. The world's our oyster again. Absolutely. Well, good to hear you got some more songs, but remember, mate, it only takes one song to bring you back. Well, that's it. It's a good start, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's good to be back. Mate, you mentioned the socials before. Mm. For anyone who wants to find out more about Kalon's Rain and get up-to-date info regarding live shows, that sort of stuff, where do they go online to get all that? Yeah, look, I mean, the first place I'd tell everyone to go to is just www.kalensrain.com. Mm -hmm. You know, the official website has got all the links to all of our gigs and all of our social media and where to get our music from as well. So that's the hub of everything, kalensrain.com. Go to there. Obviously, we are on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram. We're not on that new one yet. I don't even know what that's called, but <laughs> Facebook and Instagram are the big two. Yeah, I mean, TikTok, do you? Oh, look, I don't know. Uh, we haven't even delved into that. Good. This is the whole thing of getting back into it, I know. Oh, yeah. And Facebook, Instagram, they're the two big ones. You can follow us on those. We are present online, let's put it that way. Brilliant. Well, folks, our special guest this week has been Glenn Harrison from Kalon's Rain. Glenn, we're so glad you guys decided to, as they say, get the band back together. <laughs> thanks for finding the time to come and play on the road with us, mate. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. We're sadly out of time for today, but before we go, we're looking forward to hearing your brand new single. Would you please introduce it for us, Glenn? Yeah, no worries. This is Kalen's Rain's brand new single. It's called One Song Brings You Back, and we hope you like it. Cheers, Glenn. Every now and then I 
think about that summer There'll never be a hotter December We danced out on the sand To plead for songs together I never will forget those nights Yeah, that was years ago But I hear them on the radio And one song brings you back One song plays in your eyes There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. 
Specialist Products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Hi, this is Chloe Styler and you're listening to On The Road Radio and Podcast. Here on the road, it's time for the news. G'day, Mike. How you doing? Oh, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? All right, thank you. I was just sitting here watching that video you sent of the train ploughing through the truck at the level crossing, mate. Scary stuff. It is, isn't it? Pretty special. Oh, special's not the word. Where was it, do you know? Oh, somewhere in America, I think. Of course. Uh, it... Uh... Yeah, why wouldn't you just keep driving if you're in the truck? I mean, oh, the boom gate. Oh, <laughs> let's just, if you're going to go, just go, you know, like. If it's going to be a choice of, all right, I'm going to get in trouble for ploughing through a boom gate or I'm going to get hit by X thousand tonnes of train. Um, it wasn't going slow, that train either, was it? It was fairly shifting. Can you imagine the view from the driver's seat of that train? He'd be just looking at that and he'd be just going, dear Lord, I can't, I can't there's nothing I can do. They can't swerve, mate. They're stuck to the tracks. That's it. <laughs> Poor bloke, he'd never get over it. Oh, crazy, crazy things that people do. And uh, mm. I mean, the guy ripped the cab clean off the truck and spun it round and faced it 180 degrees the wrong direction and just calmly, casually opens the door and jumps out and just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's comical if it wasn't so bloody serious. That's right. Yeah, well, don't buy a lotto ticket, mate. That's all I can say because you've used all your luck in one go, I think. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. So news we're not talking about this week. Mate, there's plenty of stuff we're not talking about this week. There's uh, been a truck convoy protesting rural transmitters towers. That's gone into Melbourne, into the CBD. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, mate, Andrews would never listen to them anyway. Um, Isuzu have got the big tick from Big Chief Rentals. We're not going to talk about that. Okay. Look, if you go and have a bit of a look on, on uh, the socials and that, somewhere you'll find the videos of the first blasting going on for the Coffs Harbour Bypass okay. uh, with that building construction there. I'm not going to talk about that. The, well, well, I won't go and have a look at it because I probably want to talk about it then. Well, that's right. And yeah. I mean, I want to talk about it when they actually cut the ribbon and open the thing because they'll, that'll be more interesting to a lot of people. They're, fi- they're finally waking up that the carrot versus stick approach is not working and they're going to have a fresh look at that, apparently, the regulators. So that's an interesting thing we're not going to talk about. Okay. Finally waking up. Yeah. And the last piece of news that we're not going to talk about is our old mate Rod Hanafy, who has hmm. declared that he's going to stick around to the end in the truck rod industry vehicle. Going to have a bit of a chat with Rod at some stage over the next few weeks. He's been a bit of a crusader for a very long time and whatever we could say about what Rod does and the things he's involved with, we probably couldn't do it justice. So we'll give him another interview somewhere down the track. That's the Good news idea. we're not talking about, mate. Fair enough. Now, listen, I've got a question for okay. you. Have you ever been lent upon to do a bit of decluttering around the house? I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have. Well, I've been on a mission to tidy up and declutter my workshop after several not-so-subtle hints from the bride. Okay. Over a rather lengthy period of time. Right. So not being one that does that sort of thing very often, I asked around. Someone suggested I should try the Japanese decluttering trend that's happening at the moment where you hold each thing you own and then you throw it out if it doesn't bring you joy. That's right, yeah. 
So far, I've thrown out all the vegetables, the electricity bill, and the mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. Nah, look, I can. I can there'd be a there'd be a heap of stuff I'd throw out too. That's. <laughs> I had to cut the list down a little. I'm yeah. sure you did. I'm sure you did. But are you decluttering though? Is that is it working for you? Uh, yeah, well, I can find stuff now. Can you? Yeah, it's good. You know, I can only find stuff when I put it away. And when Rosie gets down in my shed, that's it. Take me mm. 12 months to find anything then. Oh, dear. Uh, it's a good thing. Once in a lifetime, I think that's enough. Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to get on with it. Our old mate and National Secretary of the National Road Freighters Association, Trevor Warner, has stepped up to the plate and gone to bat for truckies to be provided with more city parking in Melbourne. Yeah, well, that's right. And, and uh, you just have a bit of a look around at what's going on, particularly BP Truganina and uh, out at Epping. The parking situation in metropolitan cities in Australia, particularly Melbourne, particularly Sydney, has uh, just gone downhill. There's plenty of room to park trucks. If you're a local driver, you can sort of seem to get in there and save your parking spaces. Hmm. But it's uh, it's the, the long-distance drivers who tend to suffer and tend to get caught out. Yep. Um, Trev's been on a bit of a mission to, to fix all this stuff. And look, more more power to him. He, but he's saying that the councils aren't really the councils don't really care about it. Yeah. You know, there's a number of things that councils could do that they don't. They could probably ease the parking restrictions in, in industrial areas so that guys could park their overnight. But the reason mm. why they don't want to do that, and, and it's quite a sensible reason, is because there are no facilities for the drivers to use and then they're worried about all the hygiene problems that go along with that. And yeah. you can't argue with that because it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. And the litter problems and things like that. There are a few pigs working in this industry who are more than happy to uh, just throw things out the window. We know it's yeah. true. Yeah. And sometimes not pleasant things either. So, you know, we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, Trev's particularly been talking about the, uh, the twin servos on the ring road there in, in Melbourne. The Derrimut Grassland Nature Conversation Reserve sort of borders that area. Hmm. And he's saying that that's a great area there that we could uh, turn into a, a into a great rest area for for more trucks, and we could. Yep. But the councils have got a few bridges to cross there as far as their conservation and their, you know, their probably their green credentials go. Hmm. And obviously, the more of it we turn into paved uh, parking area, changes the scenario quite a bit. But the other reality of it is that we go ahead and we do these developments like we're doing out here at Badgerys Creek in Sydney, where the new airport's going. Great mm. big industrial out there. Truck parking hasn't even been considered. All these issues that come along with all these big industrial areas are left to the transport businesses to try and solve. And unfortunately, we think that the people that are thinking about these things are, when in fact they just aren't. And uh, now, of course, some of those chickens are coming home to roost. There are people that are thinking about it and trying to get some parking, but then you get guys that don't want to pay 150 bucks a week to rent a parking space because they think that that's uh, a little bit over the top. Well, it costs people more than that to park their cars in the city. So, you know, we have to be a little bit realistic, I suppose, a little bit more pragmatic and have a think about what we're doing. So Trav's talking about it. He's been on to... uh, the minister there more redeeming and um, trying to get some action on the parking situation in Melbourne. I, I don't like his chances. Uh, everyone mm. talks big, but they don't do much. Mm. Uh, Simon O'Hara from Road Freight New South Wales is a chap I've had 
plenty to do with when it comes to parking issues, particularly down in the Port of Botany. A board member of uh, National Road Freighters and I went down and had a bit of a chat with the guys at the port. And we're in the process of trying to get some dangerous goods parking happening down there. We've struck a couple of issues with it. Obviously, the bureaucrats need some I's dotted and some T's crossed. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we're still a long way away from any resolution. So that just uh, point that out is that the fact that the port is still a, um, a big issue. Everywhere is a big issue. Good luck, Trev. Yeah, indeed. You'd think with any of this development stuff that's going on, when they're planning their environmental impact studies and putting the infrastructure into place, you'd think automatically that considering transport needs should be just a vital part of it. Well, just stop. Stop it right there. Mm. Give yourself an uppercut. Mm. Can't be considering that sort of thing. It'd be worth a try just once, surely. let's Let's do something different, you reckon. Yeah. Like, actually think about it. Oh, no. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Michael Kane, National Secretary of the TWU, has spoken out in a no-holds-barred statement concerning what he says is a misdirected blitz on fatigue. Right. A misdirected blitz on fatigue. Whenever was there one that was well-directed? That's a good question. Is that like an accidental blitz on? <laughs> an accidental blitz. No, it wasn't an accident. Uh, this is not an accident. Once again, what we see blitzes on fatigue is we see the guys that are at the coalface being crucified because the guys that are in the back end don't do their jobs properly. Mm. Right? So you know, getting behind the wheel and breaking the law is not something that most drivers plan to do. It's something that happens to them along the way, you know? Mm. Mm. Of course, the blitzers sort of aggressively go after these drivers. And, of course, when they've caught them for a little bit of a mistake, then they get to decide, well, we're going to go after some of the things and we have a look at the bit of the, the back end of what's going on. Yeah. We talked to Andrew Hamilton Vaughan on the show last Wednesday night uh, at length about the PowerNet program, and we were talking about how fatigue is one of the biggest causes of truck accidents and truck fatalities that we've got to deal with at the moment. It's not wrong, it is. But we have to look at the reasons why these fatigue accidents happen. There's been 123 crash deaths on the roads this year. 32 of them have been truck drivers. It's happening on a weekly basis where someone is losing their life at work as a truck driver. Now, if we were losing any other worker from any other industry at the space of one a week, there'd be questions. People would be unhappy. But losing drivers seems to be something along the lines of, the cost of doing business. So let's have the fatigue blitzes, but let's aim them at the places where they belong. Let's aim them at the DCs that keep drivers sitting around waiting for hours on end for nothing. Let's mm. aim them at the, the, the hold-ups that we get on the road. Uh, let's aim them at the traffic. I mean, Transurban made over a billion dollars, but you can set the bloody stopwatch by, by the, the traffic jams. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ridiculous. The guys that are being held to account for all this sort of stuff aren't the ones that are causing the problem. That's my opinion. Um, I'm sure it's the opinion of some out there. The The pressures that are on drivers aren't just unsafe. They're driving people out of the industry. And as Kane says, he was in Canberra with a delegation of employer representatives, industry associates and workers, including owner-drivers, people who had to sell their trucks because the industry just wasn't viable for them anymore. Yeah. We've got to address things like this fatigue 
and other pressures within the industry, but to continually go after the guys that are actually driving the trucks in some vague idea that that's going to change anything, that's wrong. That's misdirected. Mr. Kane's right. I'm agreeing with Michael Kane. There you go. Mm. Well, this has become quite habitual. Maybe it's time, mate, for a, a royal commission. Into it, oh, we, oh, it's just, I'm sure King Charles the thirty-three and a third. Or oh, yeah, stop right there. Gee. Would love to assist. Oh, look, I I would love to see a royal commission into what happens on the road with with respect to fatigue. I mean, mm. we are expected to comply with all these laws that are handed down. The NHVR are simply enforcing the laws that the the, the NTC create for them. Some of them aren't very good either, I might add. You know, you can't blame the uh, NHVR for having to enforce a bad set of laws. Mm. There are a lot of problems with the way we do things with respect to fatigue on the East Coast, though. The West Coast uh, has a much better model with how they deal with fatigue. Uh, The police don't do it. It's an occupational health and safety issue in the West. And if people think that they don't have teeth, they bloody do. And they go after the people that cause the problem. You don't often find drivers being prosecuted in Western Australia for fatigue issues. What you do find is companies being held to account for fatigue issues. And that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what should happen. Yep. The drivers don't do it on their own. Look, I fully agree and fully understand that there are some drivers here that will just take the mickey and do whatever they want to do and all the rest of it. And they deserve to be punished. Don't, Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there are a number of companies out there that direct that sort of stuff to happen or knowingly take advantage of it and let it happen. It's a bit of a chain of responsibility thing, isn't it? It is a chain of responsibility thing. We do have this lovely set of chain of responsibility laws, but unfortunately we don't see them being wheeled out and nailing the right people very often. Yeah, Mm. yeah. All right. Mike, the 2023 Convoy for Kids fundraiser in Mackay last weekend set new records following a massive turnout of nearly 200 vehicles taking part in this year's event. Sunday, August the 13th from Serena to Mackay Showgrounds. Our mate Carl Black from Black Thunder Photography was up there. They've raised 20000 bucks for local charity. The support of the sponsors has been huge with help to run the event. Joanna Wood said, and there are plenty of highlights, the community support, people coming along to the family fun day and all the entrants. They never imagined it would get much bigger than it did, but it gets bigger and bigger every year. Just unbelievable. Event started in 2009 and uh, it just, as we say, just gets bigger. So there's some great photographs. We're going to try and put a few of those up on the Facebook page later on. Uh, as soon as Carl sends them to me, I'll put them up. Right, eh? Anytime you're ready, Carl. Anytime you're ready, Carl. Send me some pictures, mm. buddy. Mm. He's a busy boy because he, he lives up that way, of course, and uh, mm. he, he delivers fuel out there into the wilds of central Queensland. And, of course, he can't be everywhere doing everything all the time like all of us that are involved in this. He has a real job. <laughs> and, uh, everything we do with the truck pits is just a, a passion project. Mike, news to hand that there will be changed traffic conditions for around six weeks on the Hume Highway near Jugiong in New South Wales, commencing on August 21st. That's right. So if you've got an oversized overmass vehicle, you're advised that there will be a change of traffic conditions between Coggins Road and Cooney's Creek Road on the Hume Highway, as we say, between August 21 and October 11. 
So during the day between 7 and 5 p.m., uh, the vehicles wider than 4.5 metres are required to pull over in the designated risk area. Give them a call on Channel 19 and they will get you through. It's an important piece of road work. There's some lumps and bumps there that have got to be sorted out and uh, it's just it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, I think, some of those things there, particularly on some of those little narrower bits, uh, will need to be dealt with. The EM Highway is a major freight route. We all know that. Hmm. They're saying that there's 10,000 vehicles travelling through there every day, so that would include all the cars and stuff. I know for a fact that there's 3,800 truck movements up and down the EM Highway every day. Mm. It really, really is quite huge. It certainly is. So, yeah, there you go. Mm. Be aware. It's going to happen. So have you got anything breaking, mate, apart from maybe a bit of wind? Or... <laughs> breaking? No, I don't really have any breaking news. I've got, a, I've got a news story that I wouldn't mind having a little bit of a chat about at the moment, mm. uh, and that is there has been some funding, $22 million in funding, being directed towards a training facility at uh, Wodonga. So we're going to have a bit of a TAFE thing happen there. And uh, Wodonga TAFE is expanding its heavy vehicle training program and it's expected to attract up to 1,200 students over four years and generate more than $70 million in a, like the regional project. So $22 million. Uh, it's a bit of a trailblazing sort of an effort. They're going to have some trucks and loading gear and all sorts of things in an effort to try and turn out some people who are a little bit pre- better prepared to uh, deal with the transport industry. Uh, I wish them luck with it. Do you think they might be able to track down that missing simulator and get that in there as well? It's in the wrong state. I know that. Let's have a bit of a chat about that down the track, I think. The Victorian government has also backed the project with $450,000 in funding, which was delivered last year through Regional Development Victoria, to support Wodonga TAFE past the planning stage. So we're past the planning stage. Good. $450,000 to plan something. That's mm. that's unbelievable, the amount of money that they've spent on that, isn't it? It is. Must be good planning. Must be good planning. They better, have, better have planned it properly. Let's see. Let's see. Indeed. That's it, mate. Thought for the week, buddy. Thought for the week. Hit me. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. True. Hmm. Very, very true. And Do you uh, dance in the rain, Mike? Me? Hmm. Um, do you like pina coladas, mate? <laughs> There's a reference that no one will get. Oh, I think everyone will get that one. <laughs> uh, well done. Did very well there. That was good, wasn't it? It was. Uh, no. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for being with me and doing the news, Andy. We'll catch up with you next week. You will indeed. Take it easy. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you. This week's featured band is back once again to take us out of the show. Here's Glenn, Kaylee and Joel, collectively their Kalen's Reign, and this is their great song, Do You Wake Up?
On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, and Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On the Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm-hmm.